welcome to our newest episode of the Lebanese Physicians uh, Podcast. And today we have an episode, it's episode number 81, co-hosted with Dr. Hamad Ali Jardali. And our guest today is Hadi Psot, who's the founder and CEO of DRAP, which is a doctor's app. It, we will be discussing telehealth in Lebanon and the Middle East region and its development. Hadi actually developed DRAP back in uh, 2018, 2019. And he's a, a graduate of American University of Beirut and Wright State University and a biomedical engineer by training. Uh, welcome, Hadi. Welcome, Hamad Ali, to the podcast. Thank you, Khalil. Thank you. Right. So, so Hadi, I guess, I mean, you graduated biomedical engineering, which I guess makes sense that you're involved in engineering of uh, healthcare issues. So how did you transfer from biomedical engineering to become like an entrepreneur and a developer of like doctor's apps and other, you can talk to us about other entrepreneurial uh, endeavors that you've made? Actually, uh, yani, unlike uh, Muhammad Ali, I, um, I couldn't uh, have the tolerance to be uh, both a doctor and a biomedical, biomedical engineer at the same time. But when I entered the UB, I had in mind to be a doctor. That's why it, <laughs> it is a, a lost dream, uh, as they call it. Uh, and then I thought that I can't uh, tolerate uh, all these years of uh, education and decided to shift my uh, career after graduating with my bachelor's into uh, biomedical engineering. This is where I went to the U.S. to do biomedical engineering. Smart and, choice. Yeah. Um, after that, I started my career with the uh, corporate. Uh, so I used to um, work on the medical devices industry. I worked with uh, Boston Scientific, one of the large manufacturers of uh, medical devices. Um, I used to cover Middle East and uh, Africa region. So, uh, and my story with entrepreneurship started in um, 2008 where I decided, you know, enough of corporate, I want to start my um, own uh, venture. And uh, yeah, uh, started as well with the medical equipment and supplies. So um, started um, representing major man medical manufacturers uh, and supplying to Lebanon and Jordan. And in 2018, uh, exactly after 10 years from that, DRAP came in as an idea at that time. So uh, we were seeing the, because we work on day-to-day -day basis with the doctors, so we were seeing the, the pain, uh, mainly at that time, that's why DRAP is the doctor's app, because we were seeing the pain from the doctor's side, that the doctor, you know, is providing service, knowledge, and experience to his patients over phone calls and sometimes even messaging, uh, but none of that was organized, none of, none of that was optimized, none of that was monetized. And we decided we want to build a, a platform that could, you know, service the, the doctor at that time. This, is, was, this was how DRAP started at that time. No, I think for anyone who worked in Lebanon, dealing with WhatsApp and talking to patients on WhatsApp and sharing notes and files on WhatsApp is, is, is a nightmare. And especially uh, in terms of monetization. I know and for the uh, lawyers, what they're able to do is they, they monetize their phone calls. So for every minute you talk to a lawyer in Lebanon, you get paid. But for physicians, we didn't have that option. So uh, when draft was it not measured, the scene, uh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. So when I, I mean, it's not measured by time. For the doctor, there's, it's not only time. There's, uh, you know, the value that you're providing. And that's why in draft, we never took the approach of, time as a factor we always look at the value so it's the, the the doctor who decides you know if this case is a simple case or a more complicated case and sometimes the patient doesn't perceive that the patient for him for example i asked a simple question and the answer was simple yeah but it it has a lot of value versus uh, probably a long case that took time but it didn't deliver much value just because of communication or 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 time engaged in that so it's a different approach and at, and at least in Lebanon, it's, it's easier in Lebanon just because insurance does not, most of the times, does not cover outpatient appointments. So the doctor can provide telemedicine services and charge for them cash outside of insurance. Like in the U.S. here, we do telemedicine, but it's more complicated. You have to do it in a certain way. You have to be licensed in the state where the patient is and stuff like that. So it gets more complicated, but we can discuss that further in a bit. Yeah, we'll discuss that. Yeah. The, the point I was trying to say is what was unique about Doctor App is that it formalized the doctor-patient relationship. A lot of it was happening informally through informal channels like uh, WhatsApp, which are not compliant with any sort of safety and patient privacy and all of that, and no monetization from the doctor's point of view. And 
in doctor app, you, you have the simple uh, complex case, but you can also not charge a patient, but it's it's a formal way. It's 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 a way to have a formal relationship or professional relationship. I don't know when you, you know, I always give the app. I always give the example, for example, if my friend is a doctor, uh, you know, probably I would go to his clinic, even if he wouldn't charge me. I know he wouldn't charge me, but I would go to his cl clinic. I will not see him, you know, in the street and tell him, you know, can you check my abdomen or whatever. So um, this is the same thing. Uh, DRAP is a professional environment that has all the data security, the, the, the process, um, you know, the consenting between the parties, the, the payment gateways, the benefits for the patient, because at the end of the day, you know, the patient can get an electronic prescription. And with that electronic prescription, he can, first of all, it is documented and saved. At the same time, he can use it in several places. I used it in Dubai. I used it for, with the online pharmacy in Dubai. I used the electronic prescription from DRAP and ordered my medication, uh, prescription medication online. And uh, this is uh, becoming more and more popular in certain countries to accept and verify the electronic prescriptions issued by certified platforms. In addition, we have opened um, you know, benefits for the patient where that electronic prescription with certain partners can unlock a lot of benefits, discounts, uh, you know, home delivery of the lab tests, discounts from pharmacies, parapharmaceutical delivery. So you have lots of perks from the electronic prescription. So, so Hadi, let's go back to so you started 2018, you're like, okay, let's develop the app. I'm sure it's pretty complicated. So how did you go about starting the process? Because a lot of telemedicine is a bit complicated. Like we know Teladoc uh, and then there's like Epic and stuff like that, where you can do it through my chart. But how did you do, how did you develop it? And how did the process go? Um, the first thing that I did is I called my um, website developer at that time. You know, I'm I'm a typical brick and mortar um, business guy, if, if you want to say, you know, I buy, I sell things that are very clear, costing is very clear. So I didn't have the tech um, knowledge. So I called the website developer. I told him I have an idea. I want to build an app. Um, he told me, yeah, sure, you know. Uh, in Arabic, we say, Arad Adaleto, yeah. So, uh, so he was uh, uh, all over the place. Let's do it together. So. We started writing down the concept, and at that time, I was planning to really outsource the solution because I didn't have in mind that I want to take it as a business for a living. It was just a product within our medical company, so probably we build it and see how things will go. And then, um, you know, when we started with it, certain things went well. A lot of things didn't go well on the development through the outsourced company at that time. And, you know, uh, we were unable to get... The, the the MVP, the testing product to go into the market. So we decided to kill it for a while and then we forgot about it and then decided to, to give it one more try. And we went into an accelerator at BDD in Lebanon at the uh, digital district, the digital district with uh, speed at BDD, uh, an accelerator at that time. And the key learning, the first key learning is that you cannot start a business that is technology based the, the foundation of the whole business is the technology you know through outsourcing your uh, development so at that time we decided you know to hire our own team and start building why because you during the journey you build you test you validate you rebuild test and validate so it's not like a complete clear a product that you go into the market and you know all set this is the product that we are serving we were creating remember before covid hit the the, the whole telehealth telemedicine was still a, a taboo um, i had um, a nice meeting um, uh, in 2018 i, I will not name in, with one of the major university hospitals in lebanon uh, with the ceo and i remember very well when i presented the idea of draft you know he shut down my computer said you know this doesn't work this is not this doesn't make sense how you know, we want to put the stethoscope we have to and i'm like yeah i know but there's a lot of cases where you can serve the patient interestingly enough with covid that hospital started their own <laughs> telehealth uh, platform so um so going back we decided the the the, the building of the um, uh, platform is not ABC clear one one plus one equal two. 
we were building, testing, seeing what is working, what is not working, and accordingly uh, developing uh, these, the uh, solution. And when you start with that foundation, unfortunately, not all the time you have the perfect foundation or the perfect infrastructure. Why? Because you are testing and building and then, you know, like Lego. So you did not really do all the architecture with the final product in mind. You know, we were going step by step and building the building as we go. So uh, that's exactly why in 2022, when we revamped or, or expanded the leadership team in, in Drop, uh, we decided that we are building a totally new app from scratch, totally new infrastructure. Now that, you know, with the past three years, we had all the know-how, all the requirements, the needs, the processes, etc. So we decided to build a totally new app from scratch with the right foundation in order to go to scalability. And we launched, we launched this new app in, uh, um, a couple of months ago uh, in uh, August 2023. Very impressive, very, I think so many lessons uh, to be learned. And all of this, the, the first team that you outsourced to, and when you built in-house, this was all in Lebanon or were you outsourcing outside Lebanon? The first uh, uh, outsourcing was in Lebanon and all the team at all times were, were Lebanese uh, uh, team. Uh, we have, uh, um, uh, now we have uh, more uh, Egyptian and Syrian uh, developers on the team. Uh, at a point in time, unfortunately, you know, with everything that, that was happening with the Lebanese crisis, we had to move because we are a tech company and the core is technology and medical. So we, we had to have an uninterrupted service. So we moved our tech uh, team to, uh, to Turkey in order to sustain uh, a drop, no matter what happens with Lebanese electricity, internet, etc. But now we're back to Lebanon. So the development team is in Lebanon. Wow, wow. Um, amazing, honestly, and very impressive. And as they say, perfect is the enemy of good. And as you said, for like three or four years, you were working with what you had and you were still growing. It wasn't perfect, but it was good enough. Correct. With, yeah. Sorry, Khalil, you want to say? Okay, I, I was going to say, I remember that that when it first started, it was not it was not necessarily you were able to do telemedicine appointments. It first started as like patients can go in and request an appointment with you in person, right? That's how it started at first, and then it changed. No, or no, uh, am I mistaken? no, no. We never, we never approached the physical uh, appointments um, okay. at all times. Drop was a pure telehealth concept, but the, the 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 concept in the beginning, and now we're gonna talk about the the evolution of the value proposition. Which also, when we talk about startups, you know, uh, we need we, we all need to be flexible, dynamic, agile, not only in the product delivery, but also in the value proposition. What is working? You need to do more of it. What is not working, you need to drop it. So um, uh, the, the the app was initially, and this is an interesting story, we didn't uh, want to build an app. We wanted to hack all the social media messengers at that time, Skype, uh, Messenger of uh, Facebook and WhatsApp, and try to organize and monetize that journey in a third-party hack so that we, del we delivered without the need to develop our own app. But then, you know, we got crippled with lots of barriers in order to be able to do so. So we decided to build our own messenger. The, the first launch of Drop, there was no technically, when you open the app, it was a messenger. And that messenger couldn't see the different providers, the different, you had to have, for example, Dr. Muhammad Ali's code number or, or extension number in order to be able to contact him. It was that simple, a messenger with a direct connection or extension to the doctor. As we went through with the technology, and this is the change in the value proposition, we started seeing the need for the marketplace. You know, as much as the doctor would like to organize and monetize his own time, but where's the patient? The patient needs accessibility. And a lot of patients, and this is what we have today on draft, Patients in more than 100 countries are consulting with their doctors wherever they are. So the, being a marketplace, giving access to patients wherever they are to connect with top-notch doctors in every single specialty pushed us to 
to develop DRAP into a more consumer-oriented um, product where accessibility and variety is number one and inclusiveness of services is number two in order to serve all of these patients who want to take control of their health. We talked about, uh, you, know, you gave an example of two um, tel other telehealth platforms. Th the major difference between us and others is that almost all, I don't want to, you know, almost all, at 99% of telehealth platforms, they are institutionalized, okay? Very, very few, and we are proud to say that we are leading the revolution into taking telehealth into just another consumer product. As a patient, I don't care of all your processes, you guys of the healthcare, you know, <laughs> as a patient. As a patient, connect me to my doctor, get me, get me there. That's, that's the, the most important parameter. And from there, it's our duty to build the blocks. For example, in Lebanon, uh, we, we just signed with one of the major TPAs for insurance. And accordingly, you are now able to claim your reimbursement from the insurance company after you do your consultation and visit. So all of these are important parameters to add to your platform, but the core is accessibility, is simpli simplification of the usage. That's why today, what is DRAP? It is the most convenient, triple lines under convenience, the most convenient telehealth marketplace that is available, and I'm, I proudly say, in the region, if not in the uh, in the world. It is very simple, easy to use. No, it, it is very simple to use. And I remember when you first started, it was just texting, and then you added voice, and then you added imaging, and then you added uh, video. So very similar to WhatsApp's journey, right? When WhatsApp started, it was just purely text and it started to grow step by step. And you can see the transition when you started, you were focused more on the doctor point of view, the doctor app, but then now you're transitioning more to being uh, uh, patient-centric or consumer-centric. Uh, I can definitely see uh, the arc in the transition. And I remember like back in the old days, because in, in, in Lebanon, not a lot of patients go to one uh, clinic or one university hospital to go to the best doctor at AUB, then to the doctor at Hotel Dieu, then to the clinic in Saida or the clinic in Tripoli. So they really follow their doctor. And I remember back in the days when patients had their paper records. So patients who were organized, they would have a printout of all the files and all the tests that they did at different labs, different imaging centers, and they would take it to the doctor. And I, I can see that with uh, Dr. App, and, and, and instead of having like a print out a hard copy of your files, it's all digitalized and it's with you as a patient. It's very patient-centered and the patient takes the file, uh, electronic file with them, wherever they go. There's nothing, uh, you know, more important nowadays than having everything at hand. Um, it, it simplifies your life. I, I will quote, uh, you know, our uh, newly joined uh, advisory board member, Wissam Brady, who you might know, he's, he's uh, you know, an entrepreneur and a public figure as well. He said something very interesting uh, um, that, you know, the, 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 the smartphone is called smart for a reason. So to facilitate important stuff in your life, not to only to keep on scrolling for some, uh, you know, social media stuff. So having your medical records on your phone in a very easy, seamless way where you own the data, remember, and this is another topic probably we can discuss, you know, as a patient, I own my data. Nobody else owns my data. I should own it. So having that accessibility, ease of use of my data, to be able to share it with whomever I see uh, needed, the accessibility to more to thousands. Today on Drap, you have 2,500 doctors on the platform. It's more than any hospital in the world. So they are at, at a click. We just signed, um, and this is interesting, we signed with... with um, a conglomerate with a company that has a conglomerate of American board certified doctors that are in the U.S. for second opinion. So today, the, the launch is, um, you know, um, I'm, I'm pre-announcing, but the launch is next month. Today, from Drop, you will be able to have that service to take second opinion in top-notch U.S.-based American board certified doctors. This is democracy in healthcare. You know, I'm, I'm able to do what I, whatever I want. And I think the advantage is, and then we'll talk about how doctors perceive it, but the advantage is like, 
here in the US right now, I'm using my chart, the my chart app through Epic, but Epic costs a lot of money for the hospitals to institute it. And I guess with JAP, it's just a service that you're offering to the doctors and to the patients at probably, I mean, they don't have to pay millions of dollars of cost to start using an app like this, right? You know, uh, Epic, um, I, I always give the example, you know, you're a Sheraton hotel and you have your own, let's call it website system, whatever, software, okay? But then there's booking.com. So um, where everybody can have access because, you know, probably um, I follow the top cardiologist at AUB and then the top gynecologist in Hotel Dieu and then the neurologist in uh, Clemenceau. And so probably, you know, I, I would like this flexibility to, 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 be, um, to be moving all across as a patient. So I wouldn't want to be stuck only in one place. Uh, that's why, from one side, the accessibility of the patient to, cons to consult and connect with all doctors anywhere, anytime, okay, is super important. Now, if I look at, um, you know, I, usually I don't like to name, but, you know, since you're naming, at other platforms that do exist, I confirm to you for any patient, it's not, you know, if, 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 if you give rap to, to any patient and give him, um, you know, my chart, it's, it's a no-brainer. I mean, you know, the user experience, this one is a consumer product. Uh, the, the other one is an engineer's product and uh, a researcher's probably product uh, who designed it to be how, how easy to use. As a patient, for me, the, the simplest way to communicate with you as a doctor is simply picking up the phone and calling you, Hakim, Wainak. <laughs> you know, that's as simple as that. I don't, don't complicate my life as a patient, okay, just because you want to build processes as an institution or as right. regulator even. Right. So it, the relationship is, is, is that smooth, that simple, okay? We need to organize it, definitely. We need to, to build in consents in it so that both parties know the limitations of it. But that's it. Don't complicate it. So do you have a username and password to it? Of course, you have to. Of course. Right. Each each uh, patient and doctor, they have to yeah. register. They are, uh, um, um, uh, you know, they have to log in. Uh, they have to be, the, the, the doctor has to be verified. We do our due diligence, uh, a third-party check. We do interviews. We get all the documentations. We are in continuous contact with them. So we have... A, a rigid process on the doctor's side more than on the patient. As a patient, you know, I'm just consider me a walk into your clinic. You, you know, hi. I, 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 yeah, my, 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 I was going to say, my only thing, that's why I ask you, I mean, you have to have a username and password, but like my only thing with telemedicine is like I do telemedicine clinics and a lot of times like the patients have difficulty finding their username and password and then you're stuck like having them sign yeah. in and stuff like that. So that's one of the downsides I think that can happen. The, today, the patient on drop, uh, you know, the login, the login process is very simple. You know, you just put on your phone number and then you're logged in. It's not, it's not something too complicated. The, the idea of, you know, you don't have to memorize your password nowadays. Right. You just put in your phone number, you get your OTP, you log in, thank you, connect. In drop even, you connect with the doctor. It's literally, it's connect. So you just click, start your consultation. You connect with the doctor. After you connect, you start chatting. If together you decide that probably a, a synchronous communication or a live video is needed clinically or either or it's required clinically or the patient prefers it, then the patient can require a video, live video call and then they agree together. If, if, if follow-up is needed at a certain time, the doctor can issue something called recatch and drop, which is it, a, a specific appointment uh, that the doctor can uh, set so that they can have this synchronous communication. When when developing uh, DRAP, were you thinking of WhatsApp? Because I always have that feeling when I'm using Doc, it's so similar to WhatsApp in terms of so easy. Like we use WhatsApp, it's, it's the app I use the most, more than any other social media platform. And using Dr. App, the patient, the experience is very similar to using WhatsApp. Did you have that in mind? Was that intentional? Number one, yes, our our major um, uh, concept. You know, if I if if I tell you um, the, the the idea of drop, number one, uh, we're looking today at the cons 
everything that is related to the, let me call him consumer, not only a patient, okay? Oh. That consumer has to have this ease of access and flexibility. The biggest players, if I look at Amazon, Amazon, they deliver cross borders. They don't have the worry of yes and no. They are ready to deliver to you wherever you want. Um, if I look at um, Uber, they facilitate the delivery in, uh, in, in minutes, you know. If I look at uh, Talabat in the region or Deliveroo, they, they, they ensure to have variety and accessibility of different uh, providers, regardless if it's a food chain or not. And last but not least, the communication. Who's the giant in communication? Is WhatsApp. So to build, and this is draft today, it's the combination of all these four in one app. It is the, 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 the best communication tool that is similar to WhatsApp in the journey. And we are all, always following up and even enhancing. In certain issues, we are better than WhatsApp. I, I'm, I, I confirm to you. Okay. And there are... Um, uh, except that we don't have their billions, but hopefully when we do, we so, will do a much better product. And then you have uh, the, the accessibility and the uh, uh, variety, and then you have the urgent care in less than three minutes, and then you have the um, uh, cross borders. So all of that combined from tycoons and giants in, in, in consumer products, today are in a healthcare consumer product called Drop. Uh, so, so how did you decide to... I guess expand because it started in Lebanon and and when did the expansion start to uh, regions of the Middle East? Um, Lebanon, we started because it is our home country, our pilot. But at right. that time, to be honest, we knew that Lebanon cannot sustain because of the economy of scale. Okay. Uh, an interesting point, I will come back to it later on because Lebanon is beyond its own borders. And this is the beauty of uh, DRAP how we are expanding the knowledge of the Lebanese talent, which is the doctors, to the globe, okay, because of this accessibility. So um, after when we started 2018 as an idea, 19, we started seeing some commercial uh, interactions on, on the platform. Uh, end of 2019, the Lebanese crisis started. So it was a no-brainer for us, you know, even credit cards were no longer in use. What currency do we use? Do we put lira or do we put dollars? So we had to decide what to do uh, in order to sustain. And honestly, it was a turmoil. Um, team, how to sustain the team even. So um, we decided to go to Egypt for three major uh, factors at that time. Number one, the economy of scale. Um, you know, yeah, we always say uh, the whole Lebanese population is 3 million. If you take 3% in Egypt, that's a 3 million. <laughs> If you take only 3 million of the Egyptian population. So the economy of scale, number one. Two, the ecosystem of startups was really booming at that time. Um, um, and it's still, it's, it's, a, it's a solid ecosystem of uh, startups, investment, etc. There are really major big players that came out of e Egypt, including telehealth, which is the third point that health tech in general started in Egypt to become a known technology. So the, the, the physical appointment, the digital appointment for physical visits has been really uh, being popular in Egypt. So technically, we, all we had to do is to go and say, okay, we, are, we don't do this, we do that. But the concept of health tech and digital health was the, the ground was paved. So we decided to go to uh, Egypt. And this is where, you know, we came to Egypt, started, um, you know, we have our offices, our team. Uh, there and interestingly enough, in both countries, Lebanon and Egypt, we discovered how these doctors have this global impact. Um, you know, and I would like to add um, to Lebanon and Egypt. I think, which is our, hopefully our our next uh, expansion um, is Jordan. These three doctors are highly respected in the region uh, and from their expats. So you will feel a lot of uh, patients, they would like to connect with the Lebanese doctor or with the Egyptian doctor or even with the Jordanian uh, doctor. Of course, different nationalities, probably the Iraqis uh, like the Jordanian more, probably the Libyans, they like the Egyptian more. Yani. And also our uh, brothers from the uh, Gulf states, they have big trust also in the doctors of uh, these three countries. So our expansion into Egypt wasn't only being in Egypt, 
it was adding more supplies to the world. Because as I mentioned, today we have patients in more than 100 countries using drop. Is it mostly the diaspora and the expats using it or also uh, in, in the world? Yes. So today I highly doubt there is, you know, a French born, uh, you know, uh, person using drab because he liked uh, there might be. Honestly, I don't know. OK, but we do have a lot of patients in France. But what I can confirm to you that definitely the diaspora for both countries, Lebanon yeah, and yeah, Egypt, are using it and a lot of GCC nationals are using DRAP because they have this trust in uh, the Lebanese and Egyptian doctors, mainly. Although we have doctors in more than uh, 10 countries, so we, the majority are Lebanon and Egypt because we have boots on ground and this is where we really operate. But we have doctors, um, you know, in, in um, uh, Qatar, in Dubai, in uh, Jordan, uh, in France, uh, in Lithuania. So we are, DRAP is a, is a global marketplace uh, where any doctor today in the world can register. Of course, he has to go through our review process and confirmations, etc. But if he registers, he can use DRAP wherever he is with his patients, wherever he is. I think this was the beauty of using uh, drafts, especially in the multiple crises Lebanon faced. Both a lot of doctors and patients left Lebanon. So being able to connect with them on draft, I mean, personally, I was in Lebanon. And then uh, two years ago, I moved to Saudi. And so did a lot of my patients. Some of my patients moved to Saudi. Some of my patients moved back to the U.S. or to, even to Egypt. I had a few patients move to Egypt. So being able to connect with all of them still through draft to have that continuity of care, I think that's really special. And a lot of platforms offer that for both patient and provider. I can give you, um, since you mentioned Egypt, and since I live in Egypt, uh, one day I arrived to, uh, to uh, Cairo. I'm still at the airport. My wife calls me and she says, you know, my daughter is not feeling well. She has palpitation. I told her, okay, go directly to the emergency uh, room, to the hospital. And, you know, at that time I didn't have we are. We were just new to the to the country. I didn't know which doctor to, to call, etc. So I connected Andra um, with a pediatric cardiologist at that time, uh, and I I literally went into the uh, ER with my doctor on in my hand with me next to me. So he was checking the monitors, talking to the nurse, talking to the doctors, um, giving me all the comfort that I needed. And, you know, um, he understood we, He understood the language. He assured me that I am in safe hands and what they are doing is good. Uh, I thanked him and, you know, he, uh, he didn't close the case at that time. He closed it the second day after he made sure that, you know, all was uh, well. And this is another benefit in DRA that, as, as I mentioned in the beginning, uh, I don't believe that healthcare is time bound. You know, if you're getting into a surgery and the surgery is not completed, you don't tell the patient, "Okay, get up. My time's over." So you have to complete the you have to complete the health service or the healthcare. The same thing on the consultation. So um, um, that's why draft has unrestricted timing. Uh, of course, the doctor know when it's done for now and what is needed for a follow up later on, uh, rather than just you know keep on uh, uh, talking. So for me, that was a lifesaver with my with my daughter in uh, in Egypt. So I have a question for you. So how do you compete? Because there's also other, right, telemedicine uh, companies that are out there in the GCC right now, such as uh, Teladoc, let's say. So uh, are there competition for you or are you offering a different service than they are? Uh, they are definitely on, in, in the global scale. Of course, they are a competition, but their model is different. They are more a B2B a platform. So their agreement is with institutions, their platform. If you go now, you probably you cannot register. You have to have your own account from your uh, probably employer or insurance company or whatever. So it's a B2B model uh, uh, rather than a global cross-border B2C model. Drop is, is, is the consumer simplified app. So, you know what I mean? That's why, I, yes, they serve the same concept, but we are the, the patient consumer app that is agile, 
on the go even for the doctor. So the doctor today, he is as agile as, as sitting in his bed at night and serving certain patients on drop. He is as um, uh, comfortable to be in between surgeries and respond to few patients. And remember, not all cases, they require a live synchronous communication. A lot of patients, when you are following up with them, or if they have a simple question that you assess as a doctor, it is really simple, okay? Then you can at least handle it. What we say, what we all say, that 70% of cases can be handled by phone or video. Doesn't mean you can treat them by phone or video, but you can handle initial assessment, initial handling till next step. And that is critical in healthcare. You know, this accessibility, if you comfort me in, uh, because you might be available, you don't need to dedicate time. You might be available and you might be sitting in a coffee place waiting for your friend and you're available. You get the request on draft. Probably you can answer your patient or even a new patient with to, to handle them and service them in the initial aspect and then schedule together whatever is needed, whether it's needed digital or it's what is needed is lab exams or physical or um, uh, uh, imaging exams or a physical examination is required at your clinic it's your decision you're the doctor yeah basically it's more like a, it could be like a quick curve so my question that's a question because i use an app right now there's a person i work with over here also developed an app called picasso md and his concept is slightly similar but different slightly so he goes to these states like mississippi alabama where like there's small towns they don't have any doctors just physician assistants and he connects these pas to doctors and basically you get a request for a curbside but it's more like the request comes over to let's say 10 different pulmonologists and whoever accepts it first responds to the curbside is draft similar or like the, the the patient requests a specific doctor and waits for their answer or can they request multiple doctors and wait for their answer yeah, we have both. We have a um, service that is called the urgent care on job. And that urgent care is is the Uber rival, is the Uber concept, where, as you mentioned, you know, at the click of a button, uh, the first available doctor will respond to your case, whether on local or even global. Wherever you are, there's somebody who will take that uh, case. And we are the only company that provides this service of urgent care in three aspects, in GP, in mental support, and even in specialized. So you can simply click, I want a urologist. The first available urologist will take your case. And this is the service on drop where we are proud to say that the response time from doctors is in less than three minutes. So in less than three minutes, you have a doctor with you. I always say, even if you're going to the emergency, you know, you have a doctor with you in the elevator. So before you put your jacket on, you have a doctor on drop, go to the emergency and he's with you. In, in the car, in the, yeah, it, it gives you comfort, it gives you first aid, whatever. Let's, let's call it emergency. But technically, even in emergency, we recommend the patient to go to the ER. But we, what we're saying, there's no harm in having him next to you. Okay? That's one. And two, there's a lot of cases that are not, and this is something that we learned from the insurance companies. A lot of cases that go to the emergency rooms, they don't need emergency room. They just go because they don't know where to go. Yes. Okay. They don't 100%. know which specialty. They don't know what to assess. Accordingly, we called it in drop urgent care rather than emergency care. So urgent means I want a doctor now, but it's not a life-threatening situation. Okay. So this is one feature that is the urgent care on drop. But the core of drop, and we made it just to make sure, like any hospital, that you have an ER department. So technically, we have that department available on drop. But drop functionality is where you go. One, it's either you are going to talk to your own doctor and you know your own doctor. So technically, your doctor gave you his extension number. You know that, you know, Hadi is uh, two, three, four, uh, five uh, extension number. So you simply dial the extension number of Dr. Hadi and you consult with him directly. So this is one feature uh, on drop where you connect directly with your own doctor or you simply go and search. You search by uh, disease, symptom, you just put any keyword, by conditions, by, um, by convenient pricing. You know, sometimes I cannot afford to pay X amount, so I just put the ceiling. We have in drop, the filter is not by price, it's a cap. 
So don't show me doctors that are more than X amount of dollars. So automatically you will see the doctors that are within your affordability. Uh, you mentioned mental health and I want to uh, briefly like talk about that. How would you describe the scene of mental health apps? There's a boom right now in the world and even in the region. We have a lot of big players. Uh, we don't have to name them, but like Chaiselon, Labbe and the Gulf, like a lot of big players. So how does a doctor app fit in that ecosystem, particularly about digital mental health? Um, it is uh, no doubt one of our biggest specialties today and biggest rising specialties on draft. I think our top um, uh, is uh, gynecology, believe it or not, obstetrics and gynecology. Second is dermatology. But third is mental health, is psychiatry and clinical psychology. So um, uh, it is definitely something that is growing and more demand. I believe one, uh, the taboo is being broken. So more and more people believe that they need this mental support. A lot of corporates and in DRAP, we have built something called Corporate Wellness Program, where um, uh, you know even your corporate is able to uh, uh, provide you and support you either with discounts or free of charge cases on the wellness, which includes mental support. And uh, the um, third is why the taboo is broken, because I'm more likely to get immediate access. You know, in, in psychiatry, there's this, you know, I, I, need, I, need, I need to talk to somebody right now. And if I'm not comfortable going to the clinic, you know very well, a lot of patients, they would go and once they are, you know, at the parking lot, they might just do a U-turn and go back because they are not ready to talk, number one. Two is to get exposed. They are not ready to get um, uh, exposed. So with digital, this is no longer a case. And specifically with DRAP, where you immediately connect rather than just take an appointment after one week, okay, you immediately or connect. Month. Exactly. Immediately you connect with the doctor. He's able to handle you. He will tell you that, don't worry, it's okay. Let's talk tonight, tomorrow, next week. But at least he handled you. And this is where the, the patients are more likely to use mental health. So definitely it is a booming industry in general. And I believe we are taking a very good share in, in that game. I also want to ask you about where you see uh, digital health and telehealth. I know like when the COVID pandemic hit, we all thought we were going 100% digital and we're not going back. But we've seen, if you want to call it like a recession in terms of digital health and telehealth, uh, how, how do you assess the situation now? And can you predict what's going to happen in the next few years? First digital, then physical. Very simple. We will, there is, there is no sense, there is no sense in not assessing patients in whatever specialty, in whatever, you know, I bet on that, in whatever specialty, to assess initially the patient virtually, or I don't want to call virtually because it sounds as if it's, uh, it, it doesn't exist remotely, let me call, assessing the patient remotely, and then deciding that this guy needs physical examination, this guy needs further lab investigation, this guy needs, it's okay, we can continue uh, remotely. Of course, more regulations, more training for physicians on how to assess and what are the requirements and when to do synchronous, when to do asynchronous, what is accepted, what is not accepted. I, I am with all the regulations that will follow, but I genuinely believe that it will become first uh, remote, second physical. Unlike what the, the, the current um, um, thinking that today, the, uh, if you cannot come to my clinic, you can do online. I believe it will be totally the opposite. Do it online. If needed, come to the clinic. Yeah, yeah, I, th will... I, I think it's a generational divide, actually, at this point. My opinion is when I see them my, with my patients is the older patients and older generations, they want to still come in person. The younger generations are a lot more comfortable with uh, doing telemedicine appointments and uh, following up that way. What do you What do you think? Is it, is it? Do you see that in DRAP? I guess. Yeah, my my mother just used DRAP last month. I've been in the business for four years. <laughs> <laughs> was she so, able yeah, to log in? I, was she able to log yeah, in, or did it take a time yeah, with, to log with, in? With some help, with some help. No, I I, I definitely agree with you. Um, although contrary to what you think, you know, elderly 
um, they 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 want to uh, probably they want to prevent more uh, exposure to infections. Probably they are less mobile. Uh, probably you know they still want yes. Did you touch me, doctor? Did you put the stethoscope? Although the stethoscope is becoming digital, and very soon I'm integrating it with right. with Drap for right. a home care um, uh, use. So even if you're going like that, definitely the age group makes a uh, makes a the difference. But I believe if you integrate telehealth with the family, not with the elderly alone, with the family. So if there is a caregiver, okay or a, a, a care supporter, uh, like a daughter or, or a brother or whatever, for his mother or father, for somebody, especially those who have um, either chronic or they need multidisciplinary approach, okay? So imagine I have to take my grandma to the cardiologist and the oncologist and the gynecologist and the dietitian and the... So the ease of access online, if there is somebody to help them, Okay, will definitely help managing their case in a much, much better way that will even give results. And now you have uh, clinical studies about that. So today there's, there was a study about uh, diabetic patients, children, diabetic patients, actually out of Qatar, the study uh, happened. They compared physical versus uh, uh, telehealth. And they found that because telehealth people were more compliant with telehealth, okay, they were able to do multidisciplinary um, consultations with the family medicine, with the endocrinologist, with the dietitian, and accordingly, they better managed their diabetes condition rather than somebody who's simply being lazy and not going to the doctor and accordingly not compliant to treatment. Even it is being incorporated into many uh, national and international guidelines. You mentioned gynecology. Even in the U.S., uh, I know a team in Michigan presented guidelines for how to follow up pregnancy, both uh, virtually or digitally and in person. And they made guidelines and they revised it at the ACOG annual meeting. So you're talking National Obstetrics and Gynecology Society. Uh, they have when it's appropriate to follow up pregnancy uh, online. And it's, it's groundbreaking, I think, so when you incorporate that into national guidelines. And different specialties have different requirements. So there was an interesting study lately about follow-up on trauma surgery in orthopedics uh, versus physical versus uh, digital. There was there is there are studies on anxiety in uh, breast cancer. Uh, how patients with breast cancer, when they know that they are at a closer reach to their doctors, their anxiety level goes down with all the clinical outcomes that come with the anxiety. So all. I, I genuinely believe that the more we go, number one, doctors will see that they will preserve their clinics to, the re, to really the patients that need that time and attention. They will give them more time and attention at the clinic. Okay. They will maximize their offering and probably they will treat even more patients. Right. So there's a lot of patients in need. Right. It's much faster. What's the biggest barrier for you right now in terms of growth? Is it... Uh, breaking that taboo at the level of the doctors, as the the payers, as the uh, the patients. Like, where do you see the biggest barriers for exploding uh, digital health? Definitely, definitely. Uh, if you ask me from a clinical perspective, uh, I I genuinely believe it is the uh, understanding that telehealth is n the convenience is not only time, effort, and money. The convenience is clinical. This, when the doctor understands it and accordingly transmits it to the patient, and the patient starts believing it, that because telehealth is convenient, you're more likely to be compliant, you're more likely to follow up, and accordingly, early disease detection, second opinion, okay, and better compliance to treatment, so accordingly, better clinical outcome. Once the doctor and the patient believe in that, okay, I believe we will start seeing a huge boom. And this will come definitely by, by clinical trials, uh, probably, or studies that are coming to compare physical versus telemedicine. This is one side, definitely, the clinical aspect that telehealth is better clinically, not only it's more convenient. One. Two is the payers. Now, in our part of the world, there is... 120 million 
out of pocket payers for their healthcare. Okay, so already there's a huge number of people that already pay out of pocket. So these people are able to take control of their health, not waiting only for the insurance. Unlike what we think that you know, if to to get into the healthcare business, you have to go to the insurance. The insur the biggest part of the insurance, the biggest cost in healthcare is the the hospitalization, the lab. This, this is the cost, okay? But a doctor visit is nothing. I, I You know, if, if you were to pay, again, it's relevant, but if you were to pay uh, X amount of dollars for a dinner, you can consult with a doctor for your own health with the same amount of dollars. So why here you're not going to think that somebody else needs to pay for your lunch. <laughs> but when it comes to your health, you have to think somebody else should pay for my health. Exactly. So so what, what's the future? What does the future of DRAP look like? So where are you, where are you expanding next? You're in Egypt, uh, you're in Lebanon, uh, you're entering the GCC, the, and what's next? Yeah, we have the definitely the horizontal and the vertical. So on the horizontal is growing definitely in geographies. And next is uh, Qatar, Jordan. We are studying Saudi market and even Morocco. Uh, we are studying these two. Uh, but definitely Jordan and Qatar are next for us. This is from a geography. On the um, uh, vertical, definitely we have to build more services into DRAP. So we are thinking inclusiveness of services to complete the cycle of the healthcare from home service to drug delivery, etc., to, compl to complete that cycle. Uh, this is the inclusiveness of services part. And then there's the enhancing the clinical outcome via artificial intelligence. So we are creating um, the, instead of calling it artificial intelligence, we want to call it assistive intelligence. So it's an assistive intelligence to the doctor where to support the doctor in diagnosis, in decision-making, in time, making his, his, uh, uh, you know, the diagnosis faster for the doctor by doing initial triage and giving him summaries and then uh, suggesting possible treatment options and uh, to have uh, the accessibility to database that can give him also drug interactions, etc. So all of this is to go is to use properly the AI, not for the patient, but for the doctor an assistive tool to the doctors uh, as well. That was great, Hadi. I think we've been, we've, it's been so enjoyable. I was looking at the clock. That's probably going to be the longest. Typically, we record like around 40 minutes. So sorry, sorry. I talk too much. Podcast probably, recorded. La, la, we enjoyed it. We're going to have you back for part two. I didn't even Inshallah. get into half of the questions I wanted to talk to you about. Inshallah. Thanks a lot, Hadi. That was great. And hopefully, we gave, we gave people and, 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 and patients who are going to listen to us and doctors uh, an idea about what DRAP is and about what the future of telehealth uh, will be, especially in the Middle East region. Thank you so much, Khalil. Thank you, Muhammad Ali, as well. Uh, I highly appreciate it. And uh, as you said, you know, the, the future holds uh, a lot in telehealth. And uh, hopefully, hopefully, DRAP will be at the forefront of that technology as well.